Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Sports Radio 550 WGR Buffalo and WKSE HD2 Niagara Falls Buffalo 98.5 FM. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Welcome to Sabres Live. It is Friday, September 22nd. Training camp has been underway since Wednesday. And because it's training camp, some guys are getting ready for practice. Some guys just came off the ice from practice. And we get the chance to now talk to Isaac Roseanne. Thanks a lot for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you. Nice to be here. How was the skate this morning? Uh, yeah, as I said, it was better today. Uh, I felt <laughs> a little bit better uh, after two days off the ice. So uh, it was good. So. But also, like you were part of the prospect challenge, but... You guys didn't practice a whole lot during Prospect Challenge. You just played three games. Or yeah. Actually, you played two. Two games. Two games, yeah. and then you have a couple of days off, and then all of a sudden it's intense practice. Yeah. So how's that adjustment from playing games and, and now having to play with not only, you know, the full Sabre squad, but practice and intensity and, and more of a NHL-style, yeah. like, game? Yeah, it's different, but uh, I mean, it, it, it was nice to get the prospect challenge to, to start with, uh, to get uh, two games for me, and uh, uh, yeah, feel good out there, and then uh, like uh, go into some real practice now, as you say, uh, long practices, so it's, uh, it's good. What's been the biggest difference for you in this camp compared to last year, and what we saw from you in prospect challenge, I feel like you... You showed that you've matured, your game is, is really developed in the right way, but internally for you, what is the biggest difference this year coming into this camp? Yeah, I think uh, the maturity, like uh, I mature off the ice too, so I felt uh, feel more comfortable, uh, know what's going on all the time, and uh, uh, I think that helps a lot. And then also, uh, of course, I... Uh, uh, progressed uh, really good under the air and uh, yep. take that with me from from the start and uh, I think uh, I had a mental side too uh, now from the start so so that combined was was good. I see a lot of guys going to the shooting cage and working on their shots and the hands and I know Seth Appert has been talking about how you guys did that a ton in Rochester as well. You go shoot pucks and um, I was looking at your shot this morning and I never really had anybody talk to me about oh Roseanne's got a great shot but You've got a sneaky, really good release. Um, anything that you did different last year to really work on that that shot and release? Uh, yeah, I think uh, actually I cut the cut my stick a little bit. Okay, I think I got a better one timer of that, and also uh, yeah, a, bit, a little better release and easier to move the puck yeah, when you when you shoot. And uh, and also as you say, I, we down in the shooting room every day in yeah. rock show. Uh, that helped a lot, of course. Is that down the dungeon? Like you yeah, go down the is, stairs yeah. underneath the locker it room? Is. And then 
Yeah, and then under the rink, or yeah. it's, <laughs> it's it's really under it's the way rink. down yeah. below, but a good place to shoot <laughs> bucks is, anyway. Is, so, um, I saw the tape job. You really just put a little bit of tape at the end on the toe, maybe like what is it? Maybe five or six strips of it. Yeah. Um, is this new or something you always did? Uh, I just started with like uh, I started with thick tape for a couple of years yep. ago, but uh, I always done the tape job I do now. But uh, I had the thin tape before, uh, so now I got like only three three strips of uh, thick tape. So uh, uh, yeah, I just uh, feel get a good good like uh, feeling with that, and I like it so. So it's pretty quick, right? You yeah. tape your stick; yeah, it takes thirty seconds. It's too. over. That's the best too. I yeah. used to take time, do my knobs on oh, my goalie stick, that. all the tape, and it's just like yeah. it would take me a half hour to do two or three sticks. Like, and then it breaks. And then it breaks yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so, did you break a lot of sticks last year? How many uh, sticks did you go through last year? You think? Oh, maybe. Yeah. Won a game? Mm, in playoffs, yeah. In playoffs, but, yeah. Uh, uh before that maybe 30 or something like that okay uh, so how was the playoffs last season with the uh, with the amerks it was a, a great run all the way to the uh, conference finals um some overtime drama in syracuse in game yeah. five and throughout the, but how was that experience for you is, is this the the latest in the summer that you've played hockey in your career oh yeah of course uh and uh, yeah just to get that experience and uh, i haven't really played those games before like the Uh, we had game five, Syracuse, yep. went to overtime. Uh, you don't, uh, uh, everyone uh, doesn't play those games and, yep. and stuff like that. So it was a really good experience, I think, and uh, got a lot of important games to, to play. And that's when you, when you rise, I think. Yeah. I think this is going to be a, a trick question. And I mean, be as honest as you want with this, but I look at the way the lines are set up in training camp, right? And we all know that Jack Quinn is going to be missing time due to an Achilles injury, maybe come back around Christmas. But in camp right now, you are playing with Dylan Cousins and J.J. Paterka. Usually on that wing, that's Jack Quinn. Last season, it was Paterka, Quinn with Cousins. Um, do you see that as an opportunity for you to... Maybe get that spot. Maybe start in Buffalo and show everybody what you got. Yeah, of course. Uh, that's uh, what I what, what I try to show every day, and uh, it's uh, nice to get the opportunity now uh, and start here uh, to play with them. And uh, uh, I'm gonna push every day for for that spot, of course. Yeah, how's the chemistry with with cousins and Paterka? Do uh, you know them well enough, or getting to know them? Yeah, I get to know them more and more. Uh, I I mean, I met them last year a little yep. bit, but. Uh, Uh, it's kind of new still, so get an autumn every day, more and more. Who's so. the better passer of the three of you guys? Mm, oh, I don't know. Maybe Paterka. Paterka's a good passer? Yeah, I Okay. So. You got the better shot? Uh, you can say it. That's all right. A little <laughs> confidence is not going to hurt anybody. I, th I think, like, JJ's good skater, good yeah. passer. Um, I think Dylan has got great hands and great reach. Yeah. I think you got the shot. I think you guys yeah, all look good together, so yeah. that works. Okay, let's get Sounds to know good. you a little bit better. Yeah. So um, did you live with anybody last year? Did you have a roommate? Yeah, I did. Uh, I lived with uh, Philip Sedequist and okay. uh, Linus Weisbach. Oh, okay. So you guys, there was the three of you, yeah, and uh, did you guys rent a house? or uh, No, an apartment. An apartment, uh, okay. So, uh, yeah, it worked out pretty good first year. So okay. uh, it was good to have company. Who cooked? Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, in the start of the year, we cooked a lot. Okay. Uh, it was, they didn't let me in the kitchen. No. No. <laughs> I had to do the dishes. But, uh, uh, I mean, after Christmas, we 
me and Phil didn't really cook anymore. Uh, we got a little bit lazy with that. Okay. Uh, Who? So you did the dishes because they wouldn't let you cooking in uh, the kitchen. Who's the more neat person of the trio, and who is the more messy of you, Cedars Quist and Weisbach? I think uh, the more messy, I don't know. Uh, they probably would say me, but okay. I think I would say Weisbach on that one. Messy. He looks a little bit messy, like right. <laughs> he just, especially he, this year, he comes in bald head, missing teeth. Yeah. Like he looks like he'd be a little no, bit messy. But I don't know, but he was like one week. He always uh, makes his bed, uh, and that's. Uh, but I think his room was a little bit messy at the time. Oh. Uh, but they because they were on me like I don't make the bed in the morning. Okay, and uh, they think that's very weird. So oh, so they were on you to make yeah, your bed? Yeah. Well, that, I mean. Tell them to worry about their own thing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, what did you guys do in your free time? Were you more like video games or movies? What did you guys uh, like to do together? Uh, yeah, I brought my uh, uh, Xbox, but I didn't even plug it in, actually. Oh, no? Uh, so uh, we went to, yeah, we tried to do new stuff. Like, we went to some movies uh, at the movie theater and... Uh, uh, winter dinner and uh, stuff like that. That's, I think, the most uh, things we, we used to do. Uh, just dinner and some movie theaters and stuff like that. Anybody like to take naps? Do you all three like to take naps? Yeah. Does it work that way because yeah. you don't want to be up playing video games and no. loud TV when everybody's sleeping? So was there a mandatory nap in the afternoon? <laughs> uh, we napped a little bit different times, actually. So, oh, yeah, okay. So that was a little bit... Uh, Annoying, maybe, but uh, yeah, try to to be quiet when the other naps. And and anybody like like to stay up late? Anybody early riser? Did you guys all fit well in that schedule? Uh, I think uh, uh, maybe I'm a little bit uh, more late guy than they are, and they're early risers. But uh, uh, it worked out pretty good. I mean, we got our own room, but uh, the thing was. Though when you had naps and stuff, uh, Philip he doesn't didn't respect that, so oh. he just <laughs> went out and started smashing in the like kitchen, start, and yeah, all kitchen that. and started cooking and uh, yeah. Okay, so. so I'm gonna have to talk to him. Um, yeah. Okay, what did you do on the bus? You guys in the American League last year traveled quite a bit. I used to be in charge of the movies, but that mm. was back in the days where we had to go to Blockbuster. Rent the VHS tape and put them on the bus. Everybody watched the same movie. Now everybody can do their own thing. But what do you like to do on the bus? Yeah, actually, we still do that. You still do that? Yeah. Get so, the DVD and yeah, put the movie DVD. in? So we rookies had to buy some DVD, some movies, and get them on there every every bus ride. And uh, I didn't really watch the movies, though, but uh, uh, I like to just uh, listen to a podcast and, uh, okay. and stuff like that. Uh, watch some... Uh, uh, some TV show, uh, but uh, at the end of the year, we, we started to play a little bit cards, too. Uh, uh, so, yeah. What kind of card games do you guys play? A little schnarples? A little poker, maybe? No? Yeah, yeah a little bit. Okay, yeah. a little bit. So, yeah. you a good poker player? No. No? I'm not. Okay. Yeah, I, I wasn't either, and no. I, they, everybody loved me. They always wanted me to play because they knew they were going to win a lot of money. <laughs> so, that worked out. Be careful. Yeah, when yeah, they yeah. invite you to the poker game. <laughs> I know. They're the sharks, you're the minnows, and you're getting in trouble. Yeah. Okay, so tomorrow you guys have the blue and gold scrimmage. Um, yep. Anything that 
you have a mindset you want to go in? Is there something that you're focusing on that? Or are you looking more at the preseason games this week and being able to really show the coaching staff and everybody what you got? Yeah, uh, I think, uh, of course, uh, uh, the preseason games is very important. But uh, I think uh, every time you're on the ice, you, you can show something. And, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, so just uh, take it day by day here and keep going for now. Well, so. good luck. I wish you all the best yeah. and uh, hopefully you get a chance to show what you got and maybe here in Buffalo. Yeah. If not, you continue working your game and I'm sure we'll see you here very soon because as a goaltender, I watched you shoot today. Um, I think you can score a lot of goals. Ah. So, Isaac, thank you very <laughs> thank much. You. It was awesome Thanks. to have you. Isaac yep. Roseanne, Rochester Americans, Buffalo Sabres here on Sabres Live. And you know what? We just mentioned the blue and gold scrimmage tomorrow, Saturday at noon. We will have here at KeyBank Center a blue and gold scrimmage. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, this is kind of the first step for everybody to show what they've got. But you'll need a ticket to cl to come into the uh, blue and gold scrimmage. And to do so, you got to go to sabers.com slash scrimmage. They are free, so they are complimentary. But you still have to claim your ticket to be able to enter the building. It starts at noon. Doors open at 11 a.m. And you will get the full crew. Blue versus gold. They will play a full game. And one guy that will be here tomorrow to watch the blue and gold scrimmage is Jordan LaBarber. BuffaloSabers.com or Sabres.com. Mm -hmm. You write a lot of things on there. You're great on social media too, right? <laughs> I don't know. if Great might be strong, but I am on social media. No, but, well, yeah, you are on social media. Everybody that is not, I, I'm going to say it that way. Anybody that's not being a jerk on social media is doing a great job. Okay. The rest of them, we separate that. So you're not being a jerk on social media. I'm you're doing a great to. job. Try not to. Okay. <laughs> Jordan LaBarber here is here. Um, what did you make out, first of all, of the prospect challenge? I mean, I felt like the Sabres have a ton of prospects. What did you make out of the way that they um, produced, the way that they shown, and who stuck out for you? I, what stood out to me, and it stood out before the, the, the event even started, though, is is the the depth, yeah, and the fact that this was the youngest team in the NHL last year, mm -hmm. and you had five first round picks who weren't part of that in a prospects tournament, yeah. and all of them all of them performed, all of them uh, did their job, they found the score sheet, and then beyond that, you have the the guy the, the Philip Cedarfist of the world, the, yep. the guys Nikita Novikov, guys who eventually could come up and plug into, I don't want to say depth roles, but roles yep. and, and fill out the roster. And there's just so much depth in this pipeline, uh, which is really great to see. Well, Kevin Adams talks about not only be good now, like the window is open now, but he wants that window to stay open for 10 years. So obviously these players that we saw in the Prospect Challenge, some of them are back to their junior teams and they're going to be a few years before they develop. But we saw guys from Rochester last year, the Kulik, the Roseanne, the Tyson Kozak, um, you know, those really made an impression. Um, we just had Isaac Roseanne right here. Mm -hmm. What did you make out of his development and where he went from last year to this year? You, you listen to Seth Apper, and the one thing, and even uh, listening to Isaac you know, speak after games, is they really focused on the play away from the puck, and that translated more and more throughout the year. Um, and it's kind of a similar story to what you heard about Jack Quinn and J.J. Paterka the year prior. Yeah, very much so. And um, I think one of the interesting uh, storylines of training camp so far is they're getting 
and it's just an opportunity at the start with, with, with the split groups, but these young guys are getting opportunities with the established NHL players to practice and learn from them. Uh, Yuri Kulik is with uh, Casey Middlestat and Alex Tuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, Isaac Rosen skating with uh, Dylan Cousins. And, uh, and Zach Benson, who's the most recent first-round pick, is with um, is with Tage Thompson and Jeff Skinner. So I think that's really interesting, and it shows uh, how highly they're thought of uh, and, and the work they've done to this point. Well, I was going to go there, but you mentioned the young guys paired up with a couple of, you know, veterans, like mm-hmm. and really high-end veterans, right? But I wanted to turn that around and more focus on the actual roster with the Buffalo Sabres. Do you think this is just a Don Granado doing his best to split the, the squads evenly? Because what we saw last year was Skinner, Thompson, Tuck, mm-hmm. right? That's a unit. Mm-hmm. But this year, you see Skinner and Thompson – Tuck is on a different pair with Casey Middlestat. Is this more of an experimentation of, you know, seeing what do we have? And then when they cut back on the numbers, you're going to see the lines more like they were last year? Or do you think this is something they want to try and see if they can have multiple pairs in the lineup and have more depth that way? Well, I think in years past, you end up seeing a lot of experimentation in training camp. And, And my guess would be that is what you're seeing now. And like I said, with the young players, it's a chance for them to learn. And But also, the, you never know what's going to happen over the course of the season with, with injuries, and that might necessitate line changes. So you hear Don Granato speak so much about flexibility. Mm-hmm. You want to create that chemistry beforehand so when, when the need does arise to move guys, you have the potential to. And there's so many guys who play center wing that there's a lot of options. Um, I do. I would imagine you see the the, the – the Thompson line as it was at some point as well, and then they go from there. Uh, middle stat in the middle of the ice. We saw him play between Tuck and Skinner at the end of the year when Tage was hurt. Mm-hmm. We also saw a lot of Casey Middlestad playing on the wing. Um, for you, uh, not what Don Granado is going to do, but for what Jordan LaBarber would do, do you want to go Thompson, Cousins, Middlestad down the middle, and then you still have Jost and Krebs? Where do you think the best fit for Casey Middlestad is? Well, I think him having the chance to, to be at center, uh, as Don Granato said yesterday, yeah. would be would be great. He he excelled. Uh, you know, he had to come back, work his way back from injury, and then he got that opportunity, and he he was the most productive player down the stretch in the last eleven games. And uh, the way he's thought of in in that room, the way he's thought of in this organization, I think him having the chance to excel in that role his natural role i think would be really great to see you you know what people may not see it as often as you do but you just mentioned how the room the players the coaches Mm -hmm. kevin adams how they all gravitate towards casey middlestat right restless darling is in he's his best buddy right i mean they were tight uh, from the get-go here in buffalo um being able to practice at Lecom Harbor Center today and even watching Casey and a smile on his face and everybody joking around, but it's been like that for now, the better part of the last two years. Uh, does, does that make everything better, everybody better around you? Is Casey that, that magnet that everybody can embrace and really build off? Of? I, I, I think he's one of, one of many on this team, and I think something that's interesting to remember is these guys have – quite literally grown up together yes and they've brought this thing from the bottom they were you know was the last place team Mm -hmm. two years ago to on the precipice of playoff contention and they've done it so you mentioned casey and 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 rasmus they were roommates but tage was roommates with them at at the very beginning of that 
And there's just these guys have grown up together that they trust each other. It, it creates a chemistry on the ice where Casey said yesterday he, he thinks that matters, and I, I imagine it does when you're comfortable with your line mates. I think it does as well. The locker room um, culture and chemistry, and I think culture is a word that's being thrown around a lot, but um, often if you have it, it works well. If you don't have it, maybe you can still perform. Your team can still be good, but I do believe this team has that culture and that chemistry. Mm-hmm. Uh, the backhand, it's interesting to see. What Don Granado has done with his defense pairing right now in camp. We see Rasmus Dahlin with Connor Clifton, not with Matias Samuelson. We see Owen Power with Henry Yokiari, which was what it was like last season for majority of the year. And we see Matias Samuelson with Eric Johnson. All the lefties are on the left. All the righties are on the right. Mm-hmm. Is that something that is important for Don Granado? Maybe was a little bit of a... Um, an adjustment last year and it was hard to handle having some lefty on the right side and vice versa having three lefties on the left three righty on the right do you think that's why we're seeing those pairings you know i'm not sure just because i think rasmus dalin and matias samuelson work so naturally and so well together and they're both left shots obviously but i think uh you know what you have in that pair um and connor clifton's new to the team and they're like i said different situations will arise throughout the year you're going to see probably every version of every pair at yeah. some point. So why not uh, give them a chance to develop some chemistry? And maybe they do start the season together, but you already know what you have in Dalit and Samuelson. They already know how to read off each other. Yeah. So this is probably the experimentation phase, and we'll see, like I said, several different forms of the defense score. The size on the back end. Oh, man. They're big. Yeah. Like Eric Johnson is a massive human being. I did not mm-hmm. realize that. We had him on this show um, and he sat down, and I'm like, man, he is a thick human being, and he's big, and he plays a big game. Samuelson, Dalene Power, even Connor Clifton to a certain extent, he's got some, some thickness to him. Um, is the size now something that we could say check, like we are a big defense? Yeah, it's striking, and it's not, it's not even just the defense. Like, you know, there, there was the line, uh, if you see the Sabres embedded at the draft when we yeah. drafted Zach Benson, you know, Kevin Adams joked, they're going to say we like drafting small players, but if you look at the, the forward group and the defense, there's so many young guys who are large, and this is going to be a big team for a long time. Alex Tuck, obviously Tage Thompson, yep. and you kind of go down the list. and watch Dylan this Cousins Dylan Cousins huge. Yeah. Uh, it's striking. It really is. And even like Rasmus Dallin, who's not 6'5", six, 6'6". He looks big out there, and he looks tall. It's hard for me to try to remember what Dalin looked like when he first came in. Like, mm-hmm. you're 19, 18, 19 years old. You're, you're I don't want to say skinny, but your body's a little smaller. It hasn't matured. Mm-hmm. And now you look at Rasmus Dalin, and the neck is big. The shoulders are big. Like, there's, and the physicality is there, and the confidence is there. Um, you probably have talked to him a bunch of times, but did that hit? with Matt Nieto last year? Did that unlock something with Rasmus Dahlin, you think? I don't, I don't know. I, I think I noticed that the last couple of years where you really start to see him fill out, and a lot of that's probably age, but a lot of it's the work he's put in. But he, he's a competitor. I, I don't know if that unlocked it. I think it maybe was unlocked a little bit before that. And um, I think his, the confidence that he has off the ice, the confidence that he has with the puck, it's the same thing. He's just confident and he's ready to go out there and kind of act like he owns the place, which in a lot of cases he, he does. He does, yeah. Um, Kevin Adams addressed the media yesterday. Darlene contract, power contract. I mean, these are big deals, not just for the, the players themselves, but for the organization. Um, what's your sense of, like, when Kevin was talking, 
of uh, of where this is all going to go. He wants to get it done sooner than rather than later. He said, and they're obviously complicated matters. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your sense of where this is all going to go? Well, I think uh, as Kevin Adams said yesterday, you know, he's been confident all all the way that you know the players want to be here. I think you interact with Owen Power and Rasmus Dahlin. You watch them interact with their teammates. Um, you watch them interact with, with fans. You can tell they want to be here. And I think when and, – and Kevin's been very open that he, they, they want them to be here. So I think when both sides have that, it's just about getting the details down. And Kevin Adams said yesterday, he's, it's not exactly – there's no deadline. You know, he's willing yeah. to just do it when it when – He's it, willing to do it in season if you have to. And he Dylan did with Cousins, Dylan Cousins last year. Last year yeah. yeah. So I and, – and there's still a year out, and even then it's restricted free agency. So – I think it's just about getting it right, and, and as long as both sides have that that want to be in Buffalo, then I think that's the, the main thing. Okay, blue and gold scrimmage tomorrow mm-hmm. at noon at Keybank Center. You need to get a ticket for that. They're free. They're on sabers.com slash scrimmage, mm-hmm. uh, by the way. And then preseason Sunday in Washington. Yes. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday. So basically... <laughs> It's six and seven, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh, you think of having it's really five and seven, but then you, it's six and eight when you add Saturday scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to be busy. It's Have you prepared for that? Are you mentally and physically <laughs> prepared for the grind of this week? You know what? There are worse things than than watching hockey with the hot <laughs> chocolate in a press box. So uh, I think this summer has prepared me. I, I, I'm ready. I'm really excited. It's, what a great time here! It's going to be awesome. Did you know there's a preseason NHL preseason game at midnight tonight? I didn't. I should. I should know that, shouldn't I? Okay. The <laughs> LA Kings and Arizona Coyotes are playing in Melbourne, Australia. Ah, okay, so yes. they have tonight. Well, it's technically Saturday morning at twelve o five. The drop of the puck in Melbourne, Australia, between the Kings and the Coyotes. Um, it's starting. It's starting. <laughs> have you ever been to Australia? I haven't. No. Okay. I would love to. But if you see me with an extra large coffee tomorrow and I could arrive at the scrimmage, you'll know You'll, know you'll why. be watching the game? It, it might be because I watch the you game. You may yeah. be because you watch the game. Okay, well, good. Well, listen, Jordan, thanks for stopping by. Thanks, man. We're going to be taking a quick break here. When we come back, Shayna Goldman from The Athletic is going to be joining us as she does every Friday. We'll talk more about the games in Australia. I'll ask her if she knows that there's a <laughs> game tonight. I bet you Shayna knows. Oh, yeah. I didn't know until this morning. Uh, but there's a lot of other things going on around the NHL, so stick around here. We're taking a short break on Sabres Live on WGR 550 and MSG. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is back. 
and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back to Sabres Live. And as we usually do almost every Fridays, unless something else comes up, and it's usually not because we don't want her on, because she's fantastic, we are getting Shayna Goldman from The Athletic with us. Shayna, I love that you have your black and red hair still supporting the Sabres this week. It hasn't changed, so I think this is a good omen for <laughs> training camp opening. Yeah, right. Yeah, I am hoping to keep this for at least a month. And who knows what what's going to happen from there. But yeah, we're keeping this just for the Sabres. Okay, um, I asked Jordan LaBarber, who's our Sabres writer on Sabres.com, and he follows the team all the time, if he knew that there was an actual preseason game tonight at midnight on ESPN Plus and on NHL Network, will you be up watching LA and Arizona <laughs> playing from Melbourne, Australia? You know I'm going to be. I'm the one person like this is, it's my two interests, like, <laughs> overlapping it's amazing this week we get wrestling at arthur ash stadium and now we're getting hockey at rod labor arena like this is something i truly can't miss am i going to force myself to stay up for the whole game like i would a match at the australian open that's another conversation but i need to at least check out the vibes You do have to check out the vibes and see how the Australian people are going to support it. I think it's going to be fun. Now, I don't know that I'll be watching it tonight. Maybe I'll be catching some uh, replay action or recap action in the morning. But uh, I knew you were going to be watching. You're one of those uh, night owl that kind of gathers all the information and watch for everything. Uh, and that's why we love you, because you can talk about anything <laughs> around the NHL. So I want to start with restricted free agents that are not in training camp right now. Shane Pinto, the Ottawa Senators, Trevor Zegras, Anaheim Ducks, and Jamie Drysdale, Anaheim Ducks. What do you think happens with any one of them this week, next week? Is there one that's in danger of not starting the season? What do you think happens with those three? I feel like we're going to see Pinto resolve things. You know, it's an interesting position for him because he can look at it and say, hey, I was able to step up, step up as your 2C last year and I should be paid as such. And the team could say, you're a 3C. Sorry, that's the break. Stutzel is ahead of you. Josh Norris is, Norris is back. And that's a you problem. You know, you haven't earned that big extension like the other players have. And it gets interesting because they've handed out those big contracts, those big second contracts. You know, Drysdale, I think, maybe is the most pressing to get done because if I'm the Ducks, I don't want him missing any time at all of training camp, especially after he was out so long last season. And they really do need someone on the back end to yeah. step up as the number one. Otherwise, you're stuck with Cam Fowler. But I think the one that might be in the most danger of missing actual time would be a Trevor Zegris because there's a good conversation to have on what his actual value is. Is he the elite star of a rebuild? Is he the franchise cornerstone? I'm not so sure about that. And I think that's something he has to be has to prove. And I can see the hesitation to pay him as such just yet. Okay, so I don't buy into all the rumors that the numbers are being thrown out there, but if it is true that Anaheim is willing to let go 
you know, somewhere three and a half to four million, somewhere in that ballpark. And Zegris is looking at more at seven and a half or something much bigger. Like we're talking about double what the offer may be on the table. Do you think this could be, you know, a situation where it goes like, I remember Willie Nylander with the Leafs where it, you know, was contentious like that. Do we think Zegris is the type of player that could sit out a whole year maybe, or at least a half a season before signing sometime around Christmas? I can't see it getting that far. I feel like it's, you know, it's not ideal for Verbeek. You know, this is the early years of his tenure. It's not ideal for the player. And, you know, I think he has something to prove this year. So if I'm him, I don't want to miss time. I don't want to have anything go towards having a bad reputation. That gap, you know, we never know how much is just two sides leaking information out. But the gap is so interesting because... They definitely have completely and totally different terms with those, you know, dollar amounts. A three, four million dollar contract, they're saying we're gonna bridge you and wait and see, which is what they did with Troy Terry first, but Terry had less that he hadn't proven as much at that point versus getting that big contract. And the interesting it thing of it all is that contract, seven million might sound like a lot for Trevor Zegris because he hasn't proven to be that franchise cornerstone, true elite, one C that every team should want to have. But a $7 million contract is going to age really well, even if you're a complimentary player. So I just can't see it going that far because I still think that high-end number is pretty reasonable, even if he doesn't hit the ceiling that they should want him to. Yeah, I think that would be very reasonable at $7 million. Uh, Trevor Zegers, I, I feel like, especially in Anaheim, a team that doesn't have a lot of star powers right now, and they need to retain those players that will sell tickets. Trevor Zegers definitely does that. Uh, Steven Stamkos, there is a, a little bit of a situation there where he thought that by the end of summer and the start of training camp, he would have an extension done. Uh, he still has one more year left on that eight-year deal that he signed in 2016, but he took it all the way to almost free agency the last time and now he's speaking out saying i'm disappointed i thought this was going to get resolved before training camp julian brisebois has given up long-term deals to basically everybody right cyrilli haggle cernak sergachev kucherov point like everybody's got a long-term deal your captain is saying i'm disappointed what do you think happens in tampa and could we see steven stemkos move away from the lightning in a year from now I don't think he leaves. I think he's going to stay. Like, I feel like the he's such an important part of the Lightning's identity. And I think the team knows that. And I think the player knows that, too. I can't see, you know, any change happening now. But it is kind of interesting because if you were the player sitting there and you're their captain and you had an excellent season, right? You have stepped it up these last couple of years. No one can complain about what he's brought to the lineup. You look at it and go, this general manager has you know, re-signed so many players early who weren't nearly as important as him, the Chernex of the world and the Sergachevs. Those contracts were all signed a year early to plan ahead of time. And the other part of it, I think that makes it a little more interesting is you see a contract like Anze Kopitar's get dealt with before the season even started either. And he's in a similar situation and he's still going to be making 7 million a year on average the next two years. You know, it's a, it's a step down from the $10 million cap hit, but it's still a sizable deal for someone who's in their late thirties so if I'm Stamco seeing both things happening, I'm wondering why not me? But I think the Lightning are going to approach this the right way because I think they need to be a little more patient. They've been handing out these big contracts, and usually when you see a team signing a player early, you think they're going to get some sort of discount, right? Don't let them hit the market and see what can happen. Don't let the market prices set, and maybe we can get some sort of cost-effective contract out of it. And that wasn't the case for these contracts for Tampa. So because they put themselves in such a bind financially – 
I think they have to be patient and wait before handing out another big contract. And while Stamkos isn't going to get something with a huge amount of term, I would guess it's in the two to three year range. This is someone who could still be worth that $8.5 million cap hit or still push for $9 million. I would guess it happens around seven point five, but that's going to be a discount too. So, you know, it's a tough situation for the Lightning. They have to consider everything and not just put one player's contract ahead of it as important as he is to the lineup. Yeah, Stamkos is still only 33 years old, and he played 81 games in each of the last two seasons. So for those that think, oh, he gets hurt all the time. Well, he hasn't gotten hurt in the last two years. He's ninth in points per game in the last seven years. Um, I think he can still play at a very high level. And, eh, well, the Florida taxes may come into play, too. You may be able to lower his cap hit uh, and say, well, you're not paying uh, you know, state income tax in Florida, so maybe we'll see what happens. Uh, Patrick Kane. Uh, Darren Dreger tweeted, a good friend of the show, that Kane is still probably a, a month away or so. Um, he's doing really good and could really help a team. Um, why, well, first of all, what do you think of Patrick Kane and coming back from you know, the, the, the surgery? And two, which team could he help? There's been rumors with Buffalo. I don't know if you hear that too. Kevin Adams probably calling on everybody. But what do you think happens with Patrick Kane? Yeah, I think Patrick Kane is a tricky one because I think hip surgery is such a tough one to recover from. We've seen it with players at any age, right? It sometimes takes more than a couple months to get back into the swing of things. You know, Brad Marchand, I think, is the outlier, not the rule. We can look more like a Nick Backstrom and see how tricky that can be. And when that player is in the later stages of his career, that recovery timeline might be even longer. It might be even more arduous for him. So I would be very careful if I'm a team looking at him because we know the heights that Patrick King can bring. And we know that he can still produce a lot on the power play, even if he's injured. Think of Nikita Kucherov coming back from his hip surgery. You know, everyone made such a big deal about his scoring. The fact was he was stationary for so much of it because it was on the power play. You know, there's a big difference. And this is someone who has deficits in his game at his highest level, at his healthiest is a defensive liability at this point. So I think you have to take all of that into stride and it should be a team like the Colorado Avalanche or someone high end with that really strong defensive system that knows that they can mask any weaknesses that are going to be there and likely more glaring than years past. And that's why I look at the Sabres and say, maybe don't hear, you know, the defense is the biggest flaw that they have. They have a ton of offense. I think that they need, you know, forwards who are going to extend zone time and have that defensive offensive ability. The ones who can, you know, forecheck stronger and, and bring up the cycle game that the Sabres need to have they should still be going for high-end offensive talents but maybe not ones with such big defensive gaps they already have that in our favorite Tage Thompson he's so exciting to watch but because there's so much chaos in his game I wouldn't be adding to the mix right now okay well you heard it on Sabres Live first Shayna said I would not add Patrick Kane to the Sabres but who knows what's going to happen and and, uh, where he goes and what dollar amount he will go to I mean he's a non-restricted free agent um, what do you pay a guy like Patrick Kane? That's going to be interesting. But because you talked about the Buffalo Sabres, I want to circle back. Obviously, camp has started. Um, there's a lot of position battles. Jack Quinn's not going to be there. But your good friend, Sarah Sivian from Too Many Men Podcast that you guys do, she wrote on Bleacher Report, one word for every team in the NHL going into this season. And when she wrote for the Buffalo Sabres is finally – finally getting there finally getting to the playoffs um do you agree with the one word finally and if you do or don't why 
Um, I want to agree with the word finally in every which way. I want this to be the year. I want the Sabres to live up to the hype because they were so much fun last year. But I can't be fully sold yet. I need to see better defense. You know, we're working on the previews for The Athletic right now, and I just got to write about that. I think it's coming out this weekend on the Sabres defensive game. Is it there to match the hype? And you can see so many weaknesses from last year, and it's from the forward group and it's from the blue line. I think that management was very quiet this offseason, and I think that we could look at it on the surface and go, well, Connor Clifton and Eric Johnson definitely aren't enough. But it's going to be so interesting because these players do bring something that the team lacks. Like they're really good at puck retrievals. So that can aid someone like Owen Power and Ross Mistelian, who we know can move the puck out and kind of take out some of the risk of them, you know, doing the dirty work in the corners. I think that there's the potential to get there finally. I'm just not fully there yet. If the defense can take it up a notch, I think we'll, we're going to have fewer questions about goaltending, right? Because it's not that the team went splashy. They, they're going a little bit riskier with Devin Levi, and he could kill it, absolutely. But you don't want to bury him in his first year. So, you know, I'm, I'm, hope, I'm hopeful. That's my one word. Hopeful that we're going to get to that finally. Okay. Oh, hopeful. Finally hopeful. I think there's a happy medium there. Maybe they sneak in. Maybe who knows? The first month of the season is going to tell a lot. Um, I have a question for you because – I'm watching the Sabres skate. I talked to Jordan LaBarbera about it, but I feel like their back end, their blue line, has gotten so big. Darlene is big. Power is huge. Uh, Eric Johnson is massive. Matthias Samuelson is big. Um, the old school you know, hockey fan are going to say, we need big, strong defense. The new school may say puck moving and all of that, but where do you feel and where do you sit on this size on the blue line, and does that really matter? As someone who's five foot two, I say short kings for all. You know, we can all we can all get by with some short defensemen. But no, I, I love the rise of the small defenseman, right? You see someone like Adam Fox, who doesn't have the size and strength of others, but he has the smarts and the vision. You see someone like Sam Girard, who can really kill it, even though he's super short, too. I think that there's a way to have a short blue line, but I think that there still is a balancing act, right? Everyone's going to look at Vegas right now and go, look at the big d blue line that they have and look at, you know, the size and strength that they boast. That's there. That's true. That's super effective because they have more than just size and strength. I think it's all about just adding dimension. You need to find the right balance of dimension. If you're going to have that size and strength like Vegas does, you better have a lot of puck movers, and they absolutely do. Alec Martinez can move the puck. Shea Theodore, Alex Petrangelo, you can trust any of them, or White, uh, Zach Whitecloud. So with the Sabres, they have that puck moving balance. They have some of that size, and I think that they're getting the right blend of skill, and I think it's slotting players more appropriately too, so you're going to see that balance up and down the blue line. I think it's a step in the right direction, but I don't think there has to be a hard rule of one or the other. It's just about having the right mix of skills. You know, if you don't have a ton of really tall and really strong defensemen, you better have the, you know, the best skaters and the best at moving the puck and the ones that you can mask any weaknesses in their game. And the same is true, you know, the other way. Last but not least, Shayna, um, obviously you talk about size, and this little guy has been playing bigger than his size for many, many years now, and he's the new captain of the Boston Bruins. I've been scratching my head trying to find ways to say this is bad idea. He's going to you know, be suspended again and all of it, but somehow I come around and say, well, this is pretty good. Like, I, It reminds me of Terry O'Reilly in the 80s, being the captain of the Boston Bruins and, and how everybody hated that, but it worked in Boston. What would you make out of Brad Marchand getting the C after Zdeno Chera and Patrice Bergeron and go in a completely different direction with Boston? 
Yeah, it's funny. It's something we talked about this week on Too Many Men. Do you go for the veteran? Do you go for no captain at all? Do you go for the young guy? And the argument's there for the young guy, right? Charlie McAvoy, you think, could be the captain of the future. But there's something about Boston. I know they go for tradition. And Brad Martian kind of bucks that trend. He doesn't feel like that traditional captain, but he's the veteran. He's the piece from years past, you know, those championship caliber teams. And yes, I get, you know, the worry, well, maybe he'll be suspended or it doesn't help. You know, you want to have your captain out there arguing with the referees about someone in the box and it could be Martian in the box. But I like the flair of this, you know, rat king leadership. We saw it from Kachuk, right? Last postseason. We saw Kachuk being the one to galvanize the Florida Panthers and everybody knows him to be this, you know, rat king, this disruptor. Brad Marchand's right there, and he's been around the block a couple times, so I'm not opposed to it. I think he's going to add some spice. I think he's going to make things interesting. He's someone that brings some humor to things, and I think he knows how to rally his team. He's done it all, so why not go for him? And I like the fact that this isn't just some veteran that played a third or fourth line role and might be on the team for two years. This is someone who is an elite, elite, elite player, so it kind of blends everything together for me that it just works enough, and I'm sure in the future we'll see Charlie McAvoy take over. How many times will he get booed when they call for it, the captain of the Boston Bruins for the ceremonial first drop, puck of the drop, right? You think about hockey fights cancer, they do something, and the Boston Bruins are in the building, and then everybody boos him. Like, Do you think that uh, that that will be fun for the visiting teams uh, to uh, to be seeing Brad Marchand getting booed before the game even started? Yeah, I think fans are going to love that. And I think he's going to like live it up. I feel like he's someone who loves to be the heel, that he's going to feed off that energy. So I think that makes it even more exciting. Like if anyone's going to rise to the occasion at, as a Rat King, it is Brad Marchand. I think we all got let down that it didn't just happen in the playoffs when he went against Kachuk. But I, I feel like we're going to see him up his game in that way. And I think that there's a way that he can, you know, toe the line that it's not doing anything costly for his team but being, you know, an antagonist. So I'm hoping that's what happens because I think we need things to be a little more entertaining. Yeah, it will be very entertaining. So we went from Rat King to Eel, back to Rat King for Brad Marchand. Shana, you were fantastic as always. Have a great weekend. Don't stay up too late tonight watching the Kings <laughs> and the Coyotes from Rod Laver Arena in Melbourne. But we will talk to you next week here on Sabres Life. Thanks a lot. Thank you. We'll have a quick break here. We'll come back to wrap up the show on Sabres Live here on WGR 550 and MSG. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Welcome back to Sabres Live, and yes, there is a blue and gold scrimmage tomorrow at Key Bank Center at noon, and you can get your tickets, free tickets, for that on sabres.com slash scrimmage. But also, if you want to get in on the action, regular season, it starts October 12th, and half-season plans are now available, 22-game plans. You can uh, become a half-season plan. It includes 22 home games plus access to exclusive benefits. To learn more, visit sabers.com slash memberships. It's a great way to commit but not have to do all the 41 home games. There's 22 games right there that you can pick from. Uh, and that's it. And also, just a reminder, 10 years ago today was the preseason game brawl between the Leafs and the Sabres where John Scott and Phil Kessel incident, Jonathan Bernie and Ryan Miller. Go on Twitter. We'll tweet a gif of it. It was awesome. Have a great weekend, everybody. Go Bills.
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.